You're listening to the Commercial Finance Podcast by Lee Chandler, where we discuss industry insights, tips about lending, capital finance, business acquisitions. The worst investment you can have is cash. Real estate acquisitions. Your financial advice depends on who you are. And everything in between. This is the Commercial Finance Podcast. What's going on, commercial finance family? What's going on, Asset Builders and Asset Builders Club? This is your host, Leland Bassett, syndicator, private banker, uh, and investor. And today, I want to have a real chat with you guys, like a face-to-face. Um, just, I'm going to share part of, of my heart, um, where I see things going in the future, and let you guys know what I'm, what, what I'm doing for myself personally, what I'm doing for my personal uh, portfolio, and this is in no way uh, me suggesting that you all do the same thing. I am simply sharing what I'm doing uh, as a way just to keep you all aware. I feel as though uh, for many many of you guys who are part of part of Asset Builders Club, uh, who are part of our private uh, coaching com- community, and also those who uh, you know peek in and out. Uh, via podcast and YouTube, I feel like it's, like it's a great way for me to be transparent. So I, I want to do that. Right? I want to. I want to continue to, to practice that. So, with that being said, um, I'm selling out of uh, out of my portfolio. I'm selling over seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars of investment real estate. All right. So. Um, if you happen to see any of the properties that I own floating around privately on the market, uh, et cetera, et cetera, you, you, you heard it from, from the horse's mouth itself. So yes, it's true. Uh, I am liquidating, um, some property and there's a reason behind that. So some, some of the smaller properties, um, I'm at a... I'm not gonna say impasse, but I'm at I'm at a crucial decision point where I can do one of two things. I can either uh, renovate the property, so after these tenants are are, are in the process of, of moving out, I can renovate the properties, and then I could uh, list them or lease them, essentially lease them um, for you know market rent, right? So I I can def- definitely do that. And of course, you guys know that I'm a big fan of passive income. I'm a big fan of, uh, well, not even a big fan. I'm, a, I'm an advocate for passive income. I'm an advocate for alternative investing. So, so that's an option. The second option at this crossroad, or at this fork in the road, metaphorically, is that because of where the current market is at this very moment, I could literally do nothing to the property and I could sell them uh, for over two times of what I purchased them for. Okay? So, I could sell them for twice of what I purchased them for without having to put any additional money into the property. Or, I could renovate the properties, which, by the way, um, anyone who is an active investor, or you could be passive, uh, you may have noticed that maybe your, your property managers or your uh, your managers have let you know that hey, uh, the price 
for labor has gone up, right? Contractors are charging more money to do things that five years ago would have seemed, you know, very minute and simple. Um, they're now charging higher prices. And so, like I, I encourage most, most of you guys who are listening, you want to run the numbers. You want to have an idea of what that will look like ahead of time. So, if I were to invest, let's say, uh, $50,000 of innovation, and it's not that it's, these are major innovations, it's really just because of the price of uh, labor and materials have gone up, unfortunately, and that's what people are charging, or the, the bid quotes. So, if I were to uh, invest $50,000 for innovations uh, per property, and then lease the properties out, um, at market rate, that would mean that per unit, uh, I'm going to gross anywhere from, and this is, this is also kind of weird too. Um, I think that, you know, $1,500 a month is fair. However, uh, some data points, um, are showing that the property should be leased at 2,200 bucks a month. So there's a discrepancy there. Um, that's very odd to me. Uh, I'm getting this data primarily from, Realtors, other investors, but then also, um, if you guys don't know, you can, you can go to go to a website called rentometer.com. That is rentometer.com, um, and it's a it's a free tool that you can use. It's basically going to give you a rental report of any property based on the median uh, rents within an area, uh, and it starts off with like a like a half mile or a mile radius. So, with that being said, uh, rent. Meter is telling me that the meet the, the lease to lease those properties out would be $1,525, so $1,525 a month uh, per unit. Um, and th that the actual height, so the highest that I could lease the properties out, would actually be uh, a little over $2,300 per month. So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is that uh, Turbo Tenant, something that I use for, for some of the properties. Uh, Turbo Tenant, you guys can go there as well, TurboTenant.com. Uh, Turbo Tenant is a great tool, and I'm not going to get into that now, but they, would, they will also give you a rent anal rental analysis, okay? So you can actually go there right now, go there free, type in your property or a prospective property you're looking at, put in your email, and it's going to shoot you out a, a rental report, okay? So Turbo Tenant is actually saying that um, the minimum should be 1900 and then obviously that that, that uh, that the maximum should be 2,500 per unit. I'm saying all that to say this. We're just looking looking at the mathematics behind it. If I invest $50,000 of renovations uh, per unit, and I'm going to get gross rent monthly of let's say let's just say $2,000 a month. Okay, $2,000 a month. So 2,000 times 12, so right? 12 months in a year is going to put me in about $24,000 uh, for that year. Now, your question, or what you might be wondering, much like I, it's like, hmm, I invested fifty thousand. I'm gonna I, within a, within twelve months, right? Within a year's time, uh, I'm going to basically receive that money back, plus or minus, right? Because you're you're gonna have pocket management fees. Uh, I'm gonna have a few other things that are. Uh, important for those units to be accessible right all that kind of stuff so that though all those things are a factor now what's interesting is that 
I also, knowing how, how alternative investments work and also knowing um, about opportunities, right? I'm looking in the market right now and I'm like, man, although that's not bad, right? So I could get, you know, give or take 50% return on my money with adding those innovations. I'm also thinking to myself, okay, I could do that. But there are also other opportunities within the marketplace right now in our current economy that can yield me the same or better return without me having to uh, deploy $50,000. So all those things are going to point to my mind. I'm like, wow, because just basic finance, um, let's say, let's say, for example, uh, I'm prospecting small business owners. Okay. And it just so happens that a particular small business owner uh, is, you know, she wants to sell her business to me. Now, with $50,000, I'm able to purchase a business that uh, would have an SDE of, let's say, one and a half million, million bucks. So I mean, I'm able to get a, a, a business that's worth over a million dollars in exchange for 50 grand. Now, my return on investment far outpaces that of me just paying for renovation. And I also have the ability to still scale up and this asset, as far as that business being concerned, will give me still it will still give me cash flow, but it also will give me the ability to purchase additional assets. Okay, so with the properties, I am going to have to wait to be quote unquote made whole from the renovation 24 months. So that means that obviously the tenants will have to pay will have to sign a, a 24 month lease. Yada, 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 right? Just for me to be made whole from the investment or from the renovation. Then there's also that thought of if I go ahead and just, based on, based on where the market is right now, if I go ahead and, and sell the property as is, I am going to double what I paid for it. Well, over double than what I paid for it. And what that would also mean is that if I wanted to look for two, three, four, five, six businesses with similar specs or similar returns, I could, I could do that. So again, my mind is thinking, hmm, you could get a 20, you can get a 20 to 50% uh, return on your investment just by doing the renovations uh, per unit, or you could sell each unit or, or various units and actually take a small portion of your proceeds to purchase an asset that will allow you to, to get a 30, 40, 50% return on your investment multiple times and it'll be quicker to be made whole because you're using less money. And again, both opportunities are, are obviously alternative investments, right? The money is not being placed into the stock market where there's less control. Uh, own, whether whether owning whether owning more businesses or whether owning more real estate, both will give tax incentives on their own, right? Deductions, et cetera, et cetera. So all these things are, are, are playing a factor. Now here's another thing. 
it's interesting that people are willing to pay 300% of what you may have purchased a property for, right? Because that's where our market is right now. So that, to me, that's very, very interesting. What this also lets me know is that we still have a, a, a higher constraint on, we still have, right, right now, we still have a higher constraint on things such as inventory, right? So as an investor, I'm looking ahead, I'm saying, man, now is actually a great time to get dry powder. Listen clearly, guys. Listen closely. Please understand what I'm telling you. Now is a great time to get dry powder. Okay? You're probably wondering, like, what, what does that mean? There's an inventory shortage, meaning that people are willing to pay higher prices right now than maybe what they probably should. Okay? All right? Now, will there always be an inventory shortage? No. Well, why is that? Because there are certain factors that have led us to an inventory shortage. There are certain factors that have led us to an inventory shortage. And many of those factors are political. Okay? Now, something that is also political is that I'm noticing that market rents are increasing. That median and average income is stagnant. In other words, the tenants that, that can afford to pay, let's say two years ago, $1,000 a month for the same specs for a particular property, today, those same tenants are being required to pay $1,700 a month in some cases, depending on where you live, right? Because you live in Denver, Colorado, for example, and they're asked to pay, you know, 2500 bucks a month for the same type of property, if not smaller, all right? So how is that happening? Well, then you have, you know, quote, unquote, group economics, people are, are boarding or housing together, you know, just to, just to meet the rent bill, okay? So this, what this is letting me know is that, is that at some point, Families will either live together or individuals will live, live together, right? You'll have multiple people living in one property in hopes to pay that rental bill. And that in itself will cause a surplus of properties that are vacant because at one point you had people who were able to have their own property or have their own, uh, you know, lease their own property with no issues. And now they're having to have a roommate, Right. So that now that means that there's going to be a surplus of supply. A surplus of supply will obviously lead to a, uh, a lower price point, okay? Which then lets me know that at a later date, I would actually be able to pick up more properties for cheaper value, all right? For cheaper price point. That's one. That's just one factor. The next factor that I'm also thinking that I'm also thinking about because you, you have to think ahead, right? It's like playing playing a game of chess. You want to think ahead, forward thinking. The next thing that I'm also that is also running across my my mind is the reason that there has been such a constraint on inventory, in addition to what I just mentioned earlier, is that we have right now we're coming off of a large foreclosure moratorium 
an eviction moratorium. Now these now these this this moratorium for evictions were, was let up uh, in September September 30th. Okay. For many people, their banks, especially if they had an FHA loan, in many cases, and some conventional mortgages, have allowed the borrowers to go into what's called a forbearance. This is simply meaning that, hey, because of the pain, they, the, the, that the lender reached out to some of the borrowers and said, hey, listen, you've been in pretty good standing um, recently, and what's happening right now is that uh, because there's a, a, a global pandemic that we didn't, we didn't necessarily expect, uh, we're going to allow you all to be on some type of forbearance. People are like, yay, great. So the forbearance, you guys don't know, don't know what that means. This means that for allotment of time, uh, the borrower is not, is, not, excuse me, is not required to make payments. But however, once the forbearance period ends, which a forbearance will always end, once the forbearance period ends, that the individuals will have to make substantial payments to catch back up. So once a forbearance ends, the borrower is given two options. The bank will either allow them to do what's called a loan, modifi a loan modification, where they will actually put their absorbent amount that was owed added to the end of their bill, right, or their, or their mortgage, or that they will have to qualify for a new, well, normally for a loan modification, you're basically qualifying for a new loan anyway. Um, and so what will normally happen is if someone lost their job within that time frame, the likelihood that the bank is going to qualify them for a new mortgage is slim. As anyone who, who has gotten a mortgage before, if you've gotten a conventional or FHA mortgage, they want to see two years of, uh, of consistent work history. So if you got fired during the pandemic, or furloughed or laid off or whatever, it, it may have disrupted your 24 months of, of work history, which means that they probably won't renew you for that loan or even qualify you for a new uh, housing loan. All right. What does all that mean for uh, for in, for investors like you and I? That means there's an opportunity. That means that when the forbearances are lifted, which most of them are scheduled to be lifted in April, that means when they're when they're lifted, that there is an opportunity that there will be a plethora of people who are in a foreclosure situation in which they are unable to afford their mortgage, right? So just as an example, it could be that someone is in forbearance right now and come April, the bank will say, hey, listen, Mr. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, uh, you guys are no longer in, for in forbearance. And by the end of next month, we are going to need for you to bring your account current. So Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Mr. And Mrs. Smith might say, okay, current, all right, fine. You know, how much do you need? You want to keep paying the, the, the standard $700 payment? And the bank goes, no. We want you to pay all of the previous fees that we put on pause uh, payments. In addition to that, we also want you to pay uh, various amounts of. Um, we want you to also pay various amounts of interest fees, et cetera, et cetera, blah blah blah. And so, if their payment was seven hundred bucks a month, then you know, based on how many months they've been in forbearance, yada yada, 
that they're probably going to end up paying some. They want they want the bank's going to want one lump sum payment to get back on track. Probably somewhere between five to ten thousand dollars. Okay, five to ten thousand dollars just for them to get back on track. All right. Now, what's interesting is you might be saying to yourself, "Well, Leland, they can do that because they haven't been paying a mortgage in however many months they've been paying, and I'm sure that they can afford." you know, a five or $10,000 one-time payment. And in theory, yeah, you'd be right, right? But most, most of the people, they have not been sitting aside money in hopes that they will pay some larger amount down the road. There are going to be people who will not be able to fit that bill. And the opportunity for investors is that you can help those individuals avoid, excuse me, avoid a foreclosure situation by you being willing to pay that amount in exchange for control of the asset, okay? So what that is letting me know is that, hmm, by cashing in a few units and knowing what more than likely no, not more like knowing what will come down the pipeline. I could cash in uh, units, and more than well, more than likely, 10x just an asset value alone, based on what is coming down the pipeline. So I want to know from you guys, what is your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What would you do? Or, based on what I'm sharing with you, what will you do now for, your, for yourself? Will you prepare for April? Will you not prepare for April? Did you know about April? Did you know about the forbearances that are going on? Or have you been aware of, uh, about the lingering foreclosures that have been on the rise? Um, do you think that's a good strategy? Would you opt to look for various businesses? Would you opt to look for more real estate? I want to. I want to know your thoughts. Um, one thing I will say too, just in reference to this whole thing, is alternative investments. I'm noticing that a lot of people are, are thinking that alternative alternative investments just mean uh, real estate, and it does not. Um, alternative investments can be gold. It can be silver. Um, you. It could be oil. <laughs> all right. Um, it could be a vending machine. Um, alternative investments it's a wide range of things uh, a buddy of mine was mentioned how um, he knows individuals that just invest in in cattle and one of the alternative investments that they use in a particular IRA is bull semen okay so Alternative investments just mean something that is outside of traditional investing that you're still able to get a return and that is legal. I want to add the legal part there. I don't want people to think that that just means that someone could be a, a, a notorious drug dealer. That, that is not. Okay, I'm not telling you guys to be James St. Patrick. Um, or I guess better yet, to be Ghost. <laughs> so yeah, so alternative investments, um, it could be a franchise. It could be a nail shop. It could be a liquor store. Um, it could be a car dealership. 
it could be uh, someone choosing to put $10,000 into account and just looking for opportunities to buy, um, look at, looking, looking for opportunities to purchase, um, you know, used cars. And it could be you flipping used cars. Seriously. All right. Alternative investments um, is so, they're just so under, under, it's so misunderstood and so underutilized. But, it, but what, regardless, what I want to know from you guys is what would you do? Because I'm, I'm going to tell you guys this right now. Once there's a greater supply on the market, the current prices in which, in which people are purchasing property right now is going to decline. It's going to sink. And many of those people who have chose to buy at the top of the market, they're essentially going to be underwater. Not if, it's only when. So, with that being said, uh, let me know. What would you guys do? Shoot me an email, uh, respond to this, message me, uh, social media, LinkedIn. Um, put your comments below, check out the YouTube video, and let me know. Talk to you soon. Hey, Leland Baptist here. And if you're looking to add investments to your portfolio, maybe something outside of the stock market, something you can put your hands on, that could be an established business. It can also be uh, investment real estate, okay? But you're having trouble because maybe you need a team. You're realizing that you can't do it all on your own. You need people to help you with the analysis, the acquisition, the strategies, the capital raising. Heck, you just need help, right? Well, if that's the case, you're in luck. We have a program in a group called Asset Builders Club. Asset Builders Club or ABC. And if this sounds like something that has great interest for you, then all you have to do is this. Go to assets2freedom.com. That is assets2freedom.com. A-S-S-E-T-S, the number two, freedom.com. And we'll see you on the inside.